0: is build a network because it's not just about leveraging the network for you know a business connection, although that's helpful. It's having people that you trust that you can bounce things off of and also having people that are gonna push you out of your comfort zone and challenge you in a way that sparks your curiosity
2: Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Lynn Power of Masami. Lynn, it's great to have you on the show.
0: Thank you so much, and it's really great to be here.
2: Yes. Super excited to have you on. And before we jumped into the interview, I want to read a little bit more about Lynn so you can hear about all the awesome things that she's doing. And Lynn is a longtime advertising executive, formerly CEO of J. Walter Thompson NY, turned entrepreneur. Throughout her career, Lynn has been fortunate to work on some of the world's most iconic brands, including American Express, Clinique, L'Oreal, and Hershey's. She launched two businesses in 2020, Masami, Clean, Premium Hair Care launched in February 2020, and Aisle Day Nature Luxury Bee Powered Home Fragrance launched in September 2020. Lynn, super excited to have you on the show. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community?
0: I am. Lots to talk about, I'm sure.
2: Yes, absolutely. You've been doing lots and lots of awesome things. So I guess to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit, hear a little bit more on how you got started, what I call your CEO story.
0: Sure. Do you want to go all the way back to the beginning?
2: Sure. Like, yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. Because I think, you know, like many people, I didn't set out to be a CEO. It wasn't like that was my career goal. Although there are some people I know that do have that as as a goal. Um, And in fact, I didn't even really plan on getting into advertising. I wanted to go into the FBI. Um, I was actually a criminal justice English double major in college, which I know sounds strange because they don't even go together. But, um, I, I really want, I just was interested in, in the whole, I don't know, the whole crime solving thing. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. which I've realized is not so different than advertising or being an entrepreneur because it's solving problems. And that's kind of what I guess I, I was sparking to, but I didn't know it then. Um, but with the time I graduated, um, college, there was a hiring freeze. This was back in the late eighties. Cause I'm old and, um, I ended up getting a job in advertising, just fell into it. I started as a receptionist and that's actually a great way to start. I know sometimes people are, they don't want to start in a position that feels, you know, below their college education. But to be honest, you get to see and hear everything and you get to absorb the culture and the business in in a very visceral way. And um, so that's what I did. And and I and I really loved the idea of using creativity to solve business problems. So back back to my problem solving. And um once I kind of realized that this is a really good place for me to be, a good career to be in, then I kind of worked my way up. You know, I I um, good or bad, the ad industry kind of rewards people for jumping around. You almost have to, if you want to promote, get promoted and kind of, you know, elevate yourself in your career. So if you're somebody who's willing to kind of take a leap and go to that next job, which I was, um, then you can, you can set yourself up pretty well. Um, and I spent a couple of years in Chicago, then I moved to New York. I was actually dating my now husband who I met in advertising. And um, we thought we'd be in New York for just a couple of years, and it ended up being like twenty five years.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, and so I just I, I you know I I came to New York. I worked at an agency that was not very creative, and I decided I want to go to a more creative agency. And then I ended up going to another agency that I was at for almost ten years, and I worked on on Gillette when um, launched a bunch of their brands, which was really fun. And then I went and worked on L'Oreal with celebrities, which was fun. and then um, I ran a small agency called Arnold and then I I ended up being the CEO of J. Walter Thompson, New York. So that was all great. but I think what ultimately happened was back it was 2018, I kind of had this realization that like okay maybe maybe I need to take control of my own destiny and not work for other people. And that was what sparked me to become an entrepreneur.
2: Nice. Well, I, I definitely appreciate you, you know, sharing that story and, and you know everything that you've been able to do to get to where you are now. I was not a double major, but I was an English major and a minor in criminal justice. So I, I love that oh. uh, perspective on it. So I, you're speaking my language. I absolutely appreciate that, and, and you know, especially understanding. And I didn't even think of it like being able to kind of solve problems, which I think is at the core of a lot of leadership, but definitely of entrepreneurship.
0: Okay, you're the first person I've met who has their wires crossed in their brain like I do. So I love yes. that.
2: <laughs> yes. Like I said, I said, like I said, even before I hit the record button, you're in the right place. And even before we knew that, I think that is something that's pretty awesome because I don't hear that a lot either. So I wanted to drill down more and hear a little bit more on how you're serving your clients. Could you tell us a little bit more about your business, how you're making that impact in, in your businesses and how you're making that impact it for the clients that you work?
0: My focus is really on my customers, um, and making products that are good for you and good for the environment. And a lot of big companies that I've worked with in the past have a really hard time doing that. It sounds so simple and so basic, like, of course you want products that are good for you and good for the environment, but a lot of legacy companies have these systems and supply chains set up in a way that just doesn't, um, lend itself to that very easily And it's easier for a small company like me, like a startup to kind of just set it up right from the beginning In some degree, you know, just to some level. So um, that's really been my my customer, if you want to think of it that way, or my client has been my customers who who I want to deliver, you know, these high performing products that are that are good as well. And when they love the products, that makes me really happy because then I feel like I've done my job. You know, it's still early days. You know, I'm I'm in I'm in the luxury space. I have two two brands, as you mentioned. One is in the clean premium hair care, clean beauty. And this again to me is a little bit of a head scratcher because I worked in beauty for years. And most of the things I worked on were not clean, meaning they had toxic ingredients in them, the brands I worked on. But these days, people know that and they're very tuned into what's in the product, what um, ingredients are good for you or bad for you, whatever. And so the fact that like, there still are all these products on the market that have toxic stuff in them is kind of mind boggling to me that that's okay. So it's taking a long time to really kind of turn the tide and get to the point where the majority of products are actually good for you, but it's happening just slower than I think anyone like I would like. And then same with I have a luxury candle business and we created a product that's cleaner burning that doesn't have toxic fumes. And that again, doesn't seem like it should be (laughs) rocket science. But yet a lot of the products on the market are still not great. So go figure, you know, it's still expensive to make um, products that are good for you, unfortunately, because the supply chain is set up in a way where we don't get the volume discounts and the advantages of being able to put those ingredients in our product in the same way that a big manufacturer can at the cost that they can do it. So I think that's part of it, too, is the, the cost hasn't come down to a point where Where consumers, you know, feel that they can just—it's an easier trade-off, I guess. And then, of course, there's the new Coke phenomenon, right? Like, Mm -hmm. God forbid, Pantene changed their formula and people didn't like it. (laughs) You know what (laughs) I mean? Yeah. So it's a lot of things, I think, as to why. But I think it's slowly changing. As I said, the more the more it becomes the norm that that these products are are changing the industry, and not just in beauty, but you know, what we eat, what we use Mm -hmm. to clean. You know, there's so many industries that that need to change, but it will hopefully happen.
2: Yeah. I definitely agree with you there. And I almost wonder, and this, you know, is where we'll definitely see over the next maybe five to 10 years, you know, just the, especially the impact of these past, you know, couple of years um, and how that has changed and disrupted a lot of habits and wonder if that will be a result of people making maybe a stronger shift and leading to you know even more change, maybe not necessarily today, um, but in you know, in the future, we start to see those um those opportunities come come about from that. And so I wanted to ask you now for what I call your secret sauce. And this could be for yourself individually, the businesses or a combination of both. But what do you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique?
0: Okay, I'm I'm actually an introvert at heart and people always tell me I'm not. And I'm like, no, trust me, Mm -hmm. I I am. Um, (laughs) But what I've what I've learned to do is to pretend to be an extrovert. And what I mean by that is one of the best things you can do in business, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're in the corporate world, or whether you're transitioning is build a network, because it's not just about leveraging the network for, you know, a business connection, although that's helpful. It's having people that you trust that you can bounce things off of, and also having people that are going to push you out of your comfort zone and challenge you in a way that sparks your curiosity because if you have a network that's outside of just like like say advertising people you know which was my old network you know hopefully you'll find that there are people that are going to be teaching you things and 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 you're going to always be learning and i think that to me is one of the best sort of secret sauces you can have is being curious but but to be curious it's like sometimes you need the prompts that makes sense. Mm, like you need yeah. you need things to evoke your curiosity and spark your curiosity. And so like I've, during COVID, I've joined a couple of um, virtual meetups. One is called Lunch Club. Mm. I don't know if you know it, but it's yes. free to join yeah. and they match you with different people in business. It's not a <laughs> dating app. I'll just <laughs> put that out there. <laughs> it's all about business, but you get to meet people that you wouldn't normally meet because they're not in your normal world. Right. So right. that's been really enjoyable for me because sometimes, you know, you can connect the dots in really interesting ways. Um, so that one, and there's another platform I like too called current C-U-R-R-N-T, which is about subject matter experts talking about different challenges or issues. And every time I do a panel on there, I learn stuff. And that's another one. It's not only free to join, they actually pay you points, which you can cash in for your participation. So it's like, these are just, I'm just suggesting some tools for people that don't know where to start. You know, it's like, okay, that sounds good. Like build a network, but how do I start? Well, these are two easy, great ways to do it. And you can manage them on your schedule and, and take on as many meetings or not as you want, as you're up for, you know?
2: Yeah, I absolutely love that. I love that, you know, that, that that secret sauce and understanding like how you've been able to kind of, you know, develop, you know, that that network that you that you mentioned as well, too. So um, I want to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this is a little bit more of a word of wisdom or piece of advice. Uh, you might have already touched on this, but it might be something if you were to hop into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self.
0: Well, I would say don't wait to get noticed that you're doing a good job or that um, uh, somebody's going to just wave their magic wand and put you into a role that you're really excited about. You have to make it known. You have to tell people what you want and what your expectations are. And then if you're not delivering, you have to ask for help. You have to ask for feedback.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think the saying that was coming to my mind is kind of, quote unquote, squeaky wheel gets the oil.
0: I do think women are, are really well suited to embrace, you know, some of our, our sort of more natural skills and and leverage those in a, in a leadership role. But the trick is you got to make that leap to a, re- a leadership role and you have to make people know that you want a leadership role. Right. Otherwise, you know, you can you can practice it on your own. But yeah
2: will have as much impact potentially. So no, I, I appreciate you expounding upon that a little bit more. So that, that kind of, you know, touches on what I was going to ask you now for, which is kind of like the definition of what it means to be a CEO. Um, we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on this show. So Lynn, what does being a CEO mean to you?
0: I mean, to me, it's about setting a vision um, that is inclusive, that is about positive growth. Um, and that you know, creates and defines success in a way that goes beyond just dollars and monetary success. You know, I think that's what, what really being a good leader is all about because, you know, monetary success is just one element of the business and it's generally not the most important one. It's like, think about your legacy and what you want to leave behind. It's not just about a good stock price, you know?
2: Absolutely. And I think um, and, I, and I love how that kind of, you know, um, touches on everything that we've been talking about, especially, you know, your business and, and being aware of the chemicals and different things that you're putting in and understanding that legacy beyond just like sometimes the things that we're doing today, but the impact that you're having and how that reverberates through our products and services, through the people that are on our team, invest or whatever, and however that might look. But we often have an impact that's a lot bigger than what we seem. So I, I truly appreciate that definition. Cool. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is just pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best people can get a hold of you and find out about all the awesome things you and your team are working on.
0: Yeah, well, I'm I'm very easy to reach because I'm very active on everything pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um I'm on LinkedIn, so that's easy. Um uh, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube. I'm not on TikTok personally, but my brand is. But if you, yeah, if you're interested in following Masmi or Ilda Nature, it's Love Masami Hair is our social handle. And Ilda Nature is I-S-L-E-D-E, nature, um, everywhere as well.
2: Awesome. 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 Well, I truly appreciate you, Lynn. We will definitely have the links and information in the show notes as well, too, so that everybody can follow up with you. Thank you so much again, Lynn. Truly appreciate you. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day.
0: Oh, thank you so much. It was really fun and appreciate being on. Thanks.
1: Thank you for listening to the IMCEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.